0: You're listening to an Encore episode of the God Center Mom Podcast with me, Heather McFadden. And today I'm chatting with Vila Tomba about how
1: to stay in your hoop. Right. That That is so hard because so so often I, I read things that say like a mom is only as happy as her unhappiest child. And I, I don't like that. I, I want to be able to be... I've got my own stuff. I want to be able to be happy on my own or sad on my own and have and let the Lord take care of my emotions instead of having them tied to, I mean, of course we're going to be affected by, but, but totally wrapped up in, I, I don't, I don't think that we have to be totally wrapped up in someone else's emotions.
0: Well, I hope you've enjoyed these Encore episodes. It's been fun for me to kind of go back and listen to them. And it's also been super helpful as I spend time with my family this July. Uh, it would be hard to have scheduled interviews, but I can't wait to share with you. Coming in August, I'm going to have Shauna Nyquist, uh Jen Wilkin, lots of fun, great people coming up in August and the fall. But in this episode... Vila Tamba, the wife of my pastor Neil Tamba at Northwest Bible Church here in Dallas, she is on here talking about hula hoops or staying in your hoop. Basically, that we are in control of the emotions we have in our little hoop and we cannot control others or be influenced uh, greatly by others and how to do that. We talk about how it impacts relationships with our kids, with our spouses, grandkids, and others. It's really great, and I know I recorded it two years ago, but it struck me in a new way since our small group has been going through the Recovery for Life program. I don't know if you've heard of that, Celebrate Recovery. It's like a 12-step program uh, that our church runs every week, and part of that program is that someone gives a testimony each week, and one person gave a testimony about their struggle with codependency, and it was super interesting to me, Uh, and I feel like Vila describes that concept of codependency with this talk and how we as moms can experience a lot more joy if we recognize that we are only in control of our own emotions and our hoop and that we can also do a lot of damage if we try to do a lot of hoop jumping. So it's a really great conversation. Before we get into it, I want to thank our sponsor, ConnectedFamilies.org. I don't know, have you guys signed up for your sibling conflict course? I don't think you have, because I get to see every single person that signs up. And if someone out there is listening, and they want to do the course, but they're afraid they won't stick with it, would you be willing to head up a Facebook accountability group? We started one with the Connected Families uh, Discipline course, and it's still going. Gal's still writing over there, so... If you're interested in starting that Facebook group, contact me at Godcentermom@gmail.com, at gmail.com and then all of us can keep each other accountable to do this course because it's late in the summer, everyone's hot, conflict is happening with your kids. Maybe we should work on resolving it before we head into the school year and things get a little bit crazy. Uh, Jim and Lynn Jackson have done a great job walking us through the peace process in these online videos. It's super easy. You can watch them whenever you want. Uh, as much as you want at a time. I've really enjoyed going through them. If you want to look into it, check it out. Go to godcentermomcom backslash siblings, plural, and go check it out. Right now, let's get straight to the interview. Here we go. And Vila, will you introduce your family to everyone listening? Sure.
1: Um, my husband, Neil, has been my husband for 30 years. And we have three girls, Cherie, Natalie and Stephanie. Cherie is married to a wonderful young man named Jesse, and they both live in Dallas. And then Natalie um, is married to a wonderful guy named Matt, and they live in Austin, and they're both musicians in Austin. And my youngest daughter, Stephanie, um, lives here in Dallas and lives with us. And she has a wonderful daughter um, who is the joy of our lives, and her name is Zuri,
0: and she's super, super cute. She is about the cutest thing ever.
1: And yeah. as Neil says, it would be bragging if it wasn't true.
0: So. <laughs> oh, those round cheeks. Love them. Love them. Well, okay. So you have been a mom for a little while. But what, what was your mom's story like before kids? What did you do prior to, to having those girls? Mm-hmm.
1: I actually um, was on staff with Campus Crusade for Christ with my husband, Neil, um, now known as Crew. Yes. And we were on staff um, at the University of Arkansas and at Louisiana State University. So, okay,
0: You, you kind of shared on the blog last year, like we were saying, some really awesome thoughts. And I know when you first mentioned it to me, I think we were outside the church and it was like midnight I don't know it was dark outside it wasn't midnight probably (laughs) but you were sharing it with me and I it like rocked my world I couldn't see the world differently after it's my phrase that I use when people are getting frustrated about something um and I would just love if you would share it with some of our listeners um and you know I don't know where you want to start with entering this concept but um Mm -hmm. Where, where do you, how do you usually tell people about this thought process?
1: Well, you know when you when I mention hula hoops, I guess it's just so it's like everyone gets it right away because it makes so much sense. Okay, because you can just see a little hula hoop around yourself and see, okay, that's that's what I'm responsible for, not what's outside of it. So where where did this
0: concept come from of the hula hoops? I guess for someone listening and they have no clue what we're talking about. Sure. Okay, where did so this come from?
1: My family and I were in a family session with this therapist. We had a, um, you know, what we like to consider our quirky teenage issues with one of our children. And she, and I'm, you know, blabbing on about something. And she said, that is not your hula hoop. She said, that is your daughter's hula hoop, not yours. Mm. And so I just kind of turned that over and over, and really it just it it just changed my way of thinking. now, it doesn't mean that I always stay in my hula hoop because I certainly get out of it still, but um it so I just kind of thought about what that meant to be able to stay in my hula hoop, and it's for me like trusting God that he's gonna take care of what's outside of my hula hoop
0: mm-hmm.
1: and that I don't need to manipulate or control or anything about what someone else is doing. And I just need to focus on what he's given me to do.
0: Mm. That's so good. That's exactly it. So everyone's got this imaginary hula hoop around them and inside that hula hoop are, what would you say is inside that hoop?
1: It's um, what I'm supposed to do, what God's given me to do, who I am, what I'm responsible for, um, my my job, this is, this is whatever is inside of my hula hoop is my in, what I influence and what someone else is doing. And I can't even, I mean, to, you know, to take it further, if I'm hula hooping, if I'm spinning around, then I can't spin around if I'm meddling with someone else's hula hoop.
0: Yours is going to fall, right? right? Right. So, okay, let's do an example. Let's say... Um, uh, one of my boys is uh, having a problem at school with another kid. Mm-hmm. So as a parent, my instinct is to just jump right in there and like beat the other kid up, right? Or call that mom. I guess that's a more rational choice. That's a more <laughs> rational choice. My my mama bear instinct would be like take that kid by the neck and just have a talking to. but. Right. So in that case with the hula hoop, how, would
1: how, would how should a mom handle it? Well, I think that hula hoops, you know, at first our kids are right inside our hula hoops, right? I mean, we're, we're pregnant with them or we, mm. you know, get them, we adopt them. And, and so they're kind of inside. So, but eventually our goal is to let them, you know, get them in their own hula hoop and let them grow and mature. Right. So I think with the, um, with a like with that instance i guess depending on how old the child is
0: yeah, you know
1: yeah. at some point you know if they're in preschool then you probably do need to stand up for them you know in some way depending on what the what the the problem is um but you know as they get older you want them to be able to handle it and so i guess even just talking to them about you know Gosh, how does that make how does that make you feel when this when you're having this problem with this person? You know, because really you want to talk about their feelings and give them a way of of being able to talk about it safely and um, and in a healthy way. Yeah. And then kind of think, maybe help them figure out what they would want to do differently.
0: Yeah.
1: But so I think talking with them is a good way, and maybe a good gauge to see how they're doing managing their hula hoop too. So what age would you say,
0: I mean, have you seen with your girls or maybe it's different with everyone, at what age are they in their own hoop, you know, and Mm -hmm. you can kind of, you kind of step away a little bit and act more like a coach.
1: Right. Well, for sure by the time they're in college, because then the colleges don't even tell you, they won't even talk to you. Yeah. But, um, high school, I think is kind of a Really, junior high is kind of a time when they they need to be in charge of lots of things, I think,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and letting them, you know, grow up, but maybe with a little safety net. Yeah. So um, somebody told me a great idea with, you know how kids are always, when they go off to school, they forget something, and then we're forever driving up to bring them whatever it is they forgot. Yeah. That this friend, like gave it, put an expense account and said, okay, I'm, I'm going to put in $50 in this account. And every time you call me to have to do, to drive up to school, to bring something, I'm deducting it.
0: Mm. So at the end of the year,
1: you might have $50 or at the end of the year, you might be owing me money or yeah. won't more once the money's gone. So kind of just, I don't know, just kind of thinking up ways to help them learn responsibility and keeping them being responsible for their hula hoop for what goes on there because their homework is their homework yeah and the early really you know wouldn't it be great if we let kids do that even in elementary school because grades aren't really counting then yeah it doesn't I mean nobody gets an official transcript until they're in high school so yeah well and that's you know
0: that's kind of I mean I only have one doing homework right now which next year will be the jump to two kids and they're different kind of kids and so Um, my first is a little more independent and he's a firstborn, but I think it's kind of like setting up, like my responsibility is to set time up in our day to do the homework. Mm -hmm. So like here is our homework time and his responsibility is to stay on task and to get it done. Right. Um, but I can't like keep up on it and do it for him. And, and the teachers were really awesome in saying, you know, you have a lot of battles to fight. This doesn't need to be one of them if they don't finish it you let us deal with it. And I was like, great. So the teachers are on the same page. They're not because I think one of the parents biggest worries is what will the teacher think if my kid comes and hasn't done their homework. They're going to think I'm a bad parent. But if you've already had a conversation with the teacher that hey look, I'm doing I'm doing my part on my end and I'm making sure the child's responsible and then the child goes and it's not done, Then the teacher can give the consequence there. You know, you're missing out on playtime, whatever it's going to be. So I think being on the same page with the teacher is really helpful.
1: Yeah, that sounds great.
0: Um. So, okay, so that's like physical hoop stuff, like being in charge, being responsible what would you say, like emotionally, like let's say your kids just really angry, like you said that they that they can't they lost something, like uh, they, they they have a consequence of uh, they don't get to watch a movie or whatever it is, and they're just furious. How do you stay out of their hoop emotionally?
1: Right. That that is so hard because so so often I I read things that say like a mom is only as happy as her unhappiest child, and I. <laughs> I don't like that. No, I want to be able to be, I've got my own stuff. I want to be able to be happy on my own or sad on my own and have, and let the Lord take care of my emotions instead of having them tied to, I mean, of course we're going to be affected by, but, but totally wrapped up in, I, I don't, I don't think that we have to be totally wrapped up in someone else's emotions. So for me, I, and this is hard, this, you know, this is kind of like saying, um, Hindsight 2020, because when my child was really upset about something, I so want to pave the way and mm-hmm. and make it better, make it whatever I can do. If I can do something, okay, let's watch that movie. Oh, what difference does it make? What consequences are? But I mean, for sure, consequences are so important and we've got to stick to them. And I did not always stick to them.
0: Yeah, well, and I would say, you know, the other, the other is true. So they're unhappy and you can jump in there and, and try to make them, you know. But I think I've heard I heard someone say that it's our job as parents to make our kids happy. Wow! And and That's I a- and I saw someone post something on Facebook. A writer wrote, "I don't believe it's my job to make my kids happy," and she got blasted. Yes, it is. It's your job. And I was like, "Oh no!" So I think there is confusion of parents, right? You know? So what would you say if someone said, "Well, it is my job to make my kids happy"?
1: Well, I. I think that they have an impossible job. I mean, sometimes our kid, you, you might look out and have a great sanguine kid who's so happy and just loves being around people and life at the party, they they might be easy to make happy. Or you might have somebody who's really kind of melancholy and, and, yeah. and not many people can make them happy. Then you're going to feel like a failure all the time. Like an Eeyore. You've got
0: an Eeyore around.
1: Yeah, so better just to to let them have their feelings on their own yeah, and and to support them, encourage them and love them regardless of what their feelings are.
0: Yeah. Well, and there's that, that core joy is different from happy contentment right. is different from happy. They may not be jumping around smiling all the time. Like you're saying, I think it's good to point out that there's personality differences and temperament differences. Sure. Yeah. That's very wise. Very wise. So we're talking about with our kids. What about spouses?
1: Well, I, um, and I wrote that, in one of the in the second um, blog post, I recall because when my husband gets sad, I, I want to fix him. I don't want him to be sad because I'll start to feel sad too. And I had to learn to let him be sad and to not take that on myself.
0: Mm.
1: Because it, even though I feel for him, I, I still can be joyful. I can still have my own joy, my own source of joy. And even my circumstances can be different. Um, if he, I mean, just because he's having a struggle with someone at work or something, then I, I don't have to buy into that and to feel sad about that too. So how do you support
0: him and not jump in the hoop? Um, I guess
1: really, okay. Like, well, for me, jumping in the hoop is trying to fix something. Okay. So like the other day, Neil was telling me about something that went on and, and how how he felt and he was just devastated. And I said, I, you know what I would do? No, I said, I would, if that happened to me, I would. And I started to blast off with exactly what he needed to do to fix it and change it and to say this and this. And somehow the Lord just put a muzzle on me and said, and I said, I heard myself saying, and I would feel so hurt too. Mm. I think that you must really feel really sad about that, about hearing that. And, and I was just, I was, it was a miracle yeah. that I was able to do that. But when we just focus on, when I focus on reflecting Neil's feelings and just encouraging him and giving him support, then it lets, it says to him, it's okay. You've got your hula hoop and it is okay. And it's okay that you're sad. It's okay that you're dealing with this. And I'm here to support you. And I'm not going to take it on. Well, and sometimes
0: I think like, you know, my husband and I were having a conversation this morning about some work stuff. And I think, I mean, he thanked me. He thanked me later, but instead of me trying to fix it all, I did. I did. I listened and I reflected back and just reinforce that why he, that, that, yeah, I could see why he'd be feeling that way. And, um, I think that our husbands, you know, just like we don't want advice and sometimes we just want a listening ear and men try to come in and fix it is the classic stereotype. I think, you know, we can sometimes, you know, do that to our husbands and take away their power and, um, just that they're the man, you know, they want to be the man, they want to handle it, but sometimes they have feelings and they need us to relate to those. So, that's a good word. Yeah. That's a good word to be a, a wife who reflects those feelings. And then you don't feel that burden all right. day. That burden right. of um, their emotions on top of your emotions mm-hmm. can can weigh weigh you down. Okay, so how is it with adult children, like with daughters who are now, you know, your oldest two being married and off and it's like a whole nother hoop has entered the picture. Yes.
1: And- yes. And, you know, for that, I think that, Um, Neil and I have really worked hard to try not to offer advice, um, unless it's asked for, Mm. and that's tough. Yeah. I mean, because we think, I I think I'm such a smart person and I know so much (laughs) and, and I just, and, and it's their decisions. So I have to let them decide where they want to live. I have to let them decide, um, I don't know what, what kind of job they're going to take, what, if they're going to stay in the job or or get a different job.
0: And if one of your daughters like gets in a fight with her husband and she comes over to your house, like the classic, um, is that father, the bride, the the blender scenario? Like, do you like take their side? Do you point them back to their spouse? I mean, that's gotta be kind of tricky. You know, you're
1: kind of excited to be back in the picture, but yet. Right, right. Um. you know, I haven't really had that exactly. So I'll, I'll, I'll leave that one alone, but I would definitely encourage them to let me think. One of my daughters is married to someone so much like her father that it is kind of, um, every now and then, I mean, I, I can hear some hear things that she says and, and I can relate to And yeah. so then I really have to stay out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but mostly, you know, just to reflect, reflect back their pain, and then encourage them to to move towards their spouse and and, and pray with them, and, and to talk about it instead of getting ammunition against them. Yeah, yeah.
0: Because I'm sure that that they would be tempting. It would be tempting.
1: Yeah. Well, they're they're pretty great guys.
0: Um, so. yes, I'm sure, I'm sure, they are awesome guys. <laughs> Well, this is good. Okay, so um, do you ever try to get in your granddaughter's hoop? Just kidding. Oh, uh, is there yeah.
1: any hoop issues with granddaughters? You know there is because, uh, like yesterday, I, Stephanie was given her cheese, and I said, oh, don't, "Don't you think that's enough cheese?" And she mm. said, "I," and she corrected me and said, "You know what? I can I can handle how much cheese she's going to eat." Mm. Yeah. So, well, of course she can. She's done. She does a fine job, and. And I don't need to be concerned about it. Yeah. But also, I I can, I can speak, I can say what is okay for me, too. Mm. So, like, if I don't want her to have her sippy cup all over the house because it leaks and there's milk everywhere, then I can say, okay, you know what? The sippy cup stays in the kitchen. Yeah. Or the sippy cup can go on this chair, in this dining room, but not, like, all over the living room. So, I can... So I can keep in my hoop, hula hoop and and draw my own boundaries too.
0: Yeah, my that was gonna be my next question. So how, like, I know people talk a lot about the boundaries book by um, Henry Cloud. Is that his name? Yes. Um, how does this relate to that? Is it
1: pretty oh, pretty oh, similar, okay. or yeah, pretty similar. Um, I mean, yes. it's a, it's
0: a little different because I think he's talking about like um, not being walked all over a little bit.
1: Well, and I think that can, I think that can fit in with it too. You know, if, if someone's encroaching on your hula hoop, then that you, I can say, no, that, no, I'm not really free to do that right now. Yeah. that That's, that's not, in, that's outside of my hula hoop. And, and, but I, I don't usually tell someone to stay in their hula hoop as it relates to me. I yeah that's not, what I
0: yeah, yeah. It's a different but, lingo, right? Like you can say it when you're on the offensive, like that's their hoop, I need to stay in right. mine, but on the defensive, it feels a little
1: Well harder. Be- Partly because it feels like that's outside of my hula hoop. To buy you know, I can just it's not that I have to take it when someone's intruding in mine, but that I can just I can say no, but I don't have to push them back in their own because they can get out of their hoop they can bounce all around their hula hoop. I mean, all around the world. And that's kind of not my business either.
0: Yeah. So I'm sure there's the people out there that then they hear that and they're like, oh, so relative truth? Whatever's good for them is good for them and their hoop and whatever's I, good for I, you.
1: No, 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 no. It's not good for it's it's not relative truth. It's just that I'm um my freedom in Christ only allows me to Really to, to keep myself in line with God's.
0: Yeah. I mean if they're if they're in a discipleship position and they have requested oh, your sure. your leadership, that's a different thing from an acquaintance or, you know, a one off thing. Or oh, like in the case of your daughter. You you know, if she asks you, Hey mom, do you think this is too much cheese for me to give Zuri? <laughs> but, you know, and that goes back right, to right, to you right. guys, you know, with your you give advice when asked. Right. Um, I think, you know, we're kind of talking about two different things when you're talking about relative truth or absolute truth. That's kind of just core beliefs. But in this, we're talking about behavior and feelings um, as it relates to our acting out. Right? You know, the hoops are kind of more like, how am I behaving and how am I interacting with other people? Um in my
1: day to day, right. Um, but I did think about. Um, I, I was visiting with a friend recently who kind of has some extended family um, issues, and as we were talking about it, it just became so clear that you know what it works here too. You stay in your hula hoop, and you just show you show grace to the world, really, mm-hmm. and and love as Christ's love, and and we you know like we keep our clean our side of the street clean. And love others. And we have our boundaries
0: and our firm beliefs and our absolute truths. But there is no way to enforce someone to believe in absolute truth. Right. It doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Exactly. But you can't force that upon them. And you can't—I had this big conversation with a group of friends the other night. Like, if someone is outside of faith, even something that we would consider a sin— You can't dictate that to them. Like they have to, they have to one, choose to believe in God and that there is such a thing as sin. And then they have to submit to God as the authority. And then they can look at their own sin and ask for forgiveness on it. But there's like so many layers there before you can just look at a non-believer and condemn them. You know? Right, right. Um, and I think that Christians, yeah, there's a lot of hoop jumping that's going on, even in how we relate to to nonbelievers and and that. So that is really good to think about. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, everyone who's listening, like, doesn't the hoop thing kind of blow your mind? It kind of kind of changes the game a little bit. And uh, and and th- I'm telling you, there have been so many times, even with my kids, in how they relate to each other. I have one who is constantly concerned with how the other one behaves. Right. Hey, mom. Hey, mom. He's not getting his shoes on. <laughs> he doesn't have his shoes on. And my, that one commenting doesn't have his shoes on yet. And I'm like, okay, do your hoop. Yeah. Yeah. We always
1: have someone. We always have policemen in our families.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You you need to make sure you have obeyed and you have – you're all clear in your hoop. Okay? And he will do his hoop and I can manage him. Um, So I think – It's just good. It's good words to use for something that can be frustrating, (laughs) be a frustrating thing. So thank you, Vila, for sharing with us today. Uh Awesome. And if y'all have any extra questions for Vila about this concept or um, just about advice or anything in general, um, just put them in the comments for the blog post. uh, And I'll have any show notes, books we mentioned um, on that blog post at GodCenterMom.com thank you, Vila. I hope you have a great rest of your day. Thanks, Heather. I enjoyed it. All right. We'll do it again. Okay. All right. Bye. Bye. Were your minds just blown? I mean, so good. Love it. And I want to share some notes I took from that codependency session. So imagine that you believe God gave you your life and that he is watching out for you. Then you also have to believe that God gave the people you interact with their life And that he will watch out for them. That he doesn't need you to make sure everything works out. You don't need to be micromanaging that person situation uh, outside of your hoop. Another note I wrote down was, unasked for advice is criticism. And this one I think I posted on Instagram or Facebook or whatever. Uh, Unrealistic expectations are resentment waiting to happen. When we expect way too much of people or those people outside of our hoops and we're hoping that they will uh, do something amazing to influence our hoops, then we will not only get frustrated, but it will breed resentment in our relationships. Um, and another one is that we're often quick to weigh how we suffer from others, how other people impact us, but we are not realizing what others suffer from us, all the hoop jumping we do and how it impacts our relationships. Um, and before I go, I want to let y'all know, um, in August, I'm going to have Lynn Hoffman on the show. She runs our recovery program at our church. And she is helping host an event. They are having Andy Crouch come speak on What Rules Your Heart? The Journey from Image Making to Image Bearing. It'll be at our church uh, Wednesday, August 31st, and Thursday, September 1st, 630 to eight. PM. The cost for the event is $0. So that's pretty awesome. If you live in Dallas, check it out. I have a link at godcentermom.com backslash, uh, Andy Crouch. Let's do that. And, um, you can go check out and sign up there. Make sure you save yourself a spot for that event. Uh, y'all are awesome. Thank y'all for listening, for continuing to leave those reviews. I'm amazed how wonderful y'all are and all your super great notes I'm getting. I even got one from Australia this week that made my heart just warm. So good. And my heart's already pretty warm because it's like 100 degrees here and uh, our AC went out this week. So it's good times. Good times in Dallas. Uh, But I think y'all are great. So enjoy the rest of your summer as best you can. It's gonna be good. Adios. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the God-Centered Mom podcast. If you're looking for more resources on how to replace me with He, go to GodCenteredMom.com. That's where you'll also find show notes with any links mentioned by our guest. I want you to really understand and know that God is just as present while you are washing dishes at your kitchen sink as while you are worshiping Him in a church pew. He sees your service to your family and He is pleased.